say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another chance to be who you want to be, yeah. You say that things don't ever change. Tomorrow's looking just like today. You feel cheated by your circumstance. You can't leave your life to chance. The time has come for you to go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and guess what? Yes, I have another outstanding show. I know, every week I say the same thing. Jay, all your shows you say are outstanding, I know, and they are, right? They're, they're completely outstanding. They are awesome, because that's what we do, and I am so excited, because I'm telling you, this show is for everyone. It is absolutely for everyone. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care... Who you are, this show is for everybody. If you are a CEO, this show is for you. If you are a janitor, this show is for you. If you are a single parent, this show is for you. If you are retired and playing with your grandchildren, this show is for you. Because I am telling you that the person I'm going to talk to, Chris Westfall, he's got his book, this book that I'm about to talk about with him. I am telling you it affects everyone. I don't care what you're doing. It's going to affect you. It, it, the, the book's title is Leadership Language. I am telling you, it's going to affect you. So as we get Facebook Live started, and by the way, it's easy to get to us, andfb.com, right? A new direction, facebook.com, andfb.com takes you right to the page. So start calling your friends right now and say, you got to get on the show because Jay has told me that this show is for you, and, and it is. And you know what? Sharing is caring. So why aren't you sharing this with your friends right now? You need to do that. But let's do what we do every week, right? Let's start with checking in the four parts of your life, right? We're four-part people. We are physical people. We are mental people. We are emotional people. We are spiritual people. So on a scale of 1 to 10, let's go through all of them, right? On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at physically? How's your diet? Good? You getting some exercise in? How are you feeling? How's that physical feel? How are you feeling physically? Are you doing what you're supposed to do for your body? Okay, now look, I know that you know, you're going, well, I'm not a 10. Well, I don't expect you to be a 10. You know, a 10 is relative. But let's say you're a 5, right? You say, well, I'm average. Okay, well, how do you get to a 5.5? What, what do you need to change? Do you need to change your diet? Do you need to change, do you need to change maybe a little tweak? Maybe you need to just take an extra walk, right? Maybe take the dog out. Even if you don't have a dog, pretend you have a dog and do a walk. What do you need to do to make that little change just to get to a 5 to 5.5? Remember, the goal is not to necessarily get to a 10 in one jump. It's just to get to that next step. All right? You got it? Okay, how about mentally? Where are you on that scale of 1 to 10? 1 being you're miserable, 10 you're awesome mentally. And you say, oh, I'm not sure I know what you mean. Well, what are you filling your mind with? What are you learning? How are you expanding your mind? And are you using both sides of your brain? Are you using that creative side, that right side of your brain, and, and the left side, that, that logical side of your brain? Are you, are you reading books? Right? I mean, one of the things that the show does, right, it helps you with your knowledge. So if you're watching the show or listening to the show and podcasts right now, you know what? You're expanding your knowledge. So that's a plus. So wherever you were before you started listening to the show, give yourself a half point because you are learning something that's expanding the mental part of who you are. And that's pretty awesome. All right? All right. How about emotionally? Right? Emotionally, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being uh, I'm not doing very good emotionally, 10, I'm doing great. Well, what do I mean by that? Okay. So... 
we talk about these things called emotional intelligence or emotional quotient. What does that mean? It really means is how well are you able to control your emotions? How intentional are you about controlling those emotions? When things go bad, and they will, right? I mean, I, as Chris is going to talk to us, you know what? Life happens, okay? He says that in his book. Life happens, all right? How are you able to control your emotions? What do you think about? What are you, what are you emotionally going through? Are you able to control that? And, and another part of that emotional intelligence and that emotional part of who you are is how well are you able to emote with someone else? Are you able to emote with them? Are you able to understand their emotions? Are you able to relate to them on some level? And I don't care what you do. I don't care if this is about your children or your business. I am telling you, the better your emotional intelligence, your emotional quotient is, the better you're going to be. So where are you on that scale? And then finally, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at spiritually? And I know I get people all the time who say, Jay, I'm not a spiritual person. Matter of fact, I'm an atheist. I don't believe I don't believe in spiritual things. Well, you do. You just don't really realize that you do. You, because a lot of people will call it karma. So you believe that karma happens, right? If you do good, then good things are going to happen. Well, that's spiritual because you can't explain it by science, can you? Or, or, but maybe you are believe. Maybe you do believe in God, right? So how is that relationship going? Does it give you a sense of peace? Or do you have a sense of joy? Now, I'm not talking about happiness, sense of joy, right? Do you know the difference, right? We all connect ourselves to something outside of ourselves, or we think we are we, we are in control of everything, and we are our own God. <laughs> well, I guess that's spiritual in a sense, isn't it? Where are you at with those things? All right, so now that we've checked in, let's talk about today's show, right? Because I have this amazing guest. His name is Chris Westfall. He is highly sought-after business consultant communication coach, keynote speaker. He's an author, co-author, or and, or publisher of eight different books. Uh, he's advised hundreds of thousands of leaders from high-growth entrepreneurial enterprises, shark tank startups, Fortune 100 companies. He has helped create multi-million dollar revenue streams for businesses on four continents. He is the U.S. National Elevator Pitch Champion. I could use that, by the way because I am a talker, right? You all know that. And he's the author of this brand new book called Leadership Language, Using Authentic Communication to Drive Results. And it's published by Wiley. And by the way, he is brought to you today by the La Jolla Writers Conference in La Jolla, California, coming up just this next week, and, uh, the 26th to the 28th. It's about a weekend and a half from us. And I'm telling you, of the 1,600 Writers Conference that are going on across the world, Writers Digest has named this one of the top 84 conferences. It's at the Hyatt Regency, La Jolla, California. And whether you are an aspiring author, whether you're a published author, I'm telling you, this is the conference for you. This is a conference that has some of the best people there who are volunteering their time, best-selling authors, publicists, you name it, are going to be there volunteering their time. There's only 200 people allowed to go to this conference. It's unbelievable. Just go to LaJoyaWritersConference.com because that's who's bringing the show. Tell them that you heard it on A New Direction because I'm telling you it's going to be worth your time. It's going to be worth going, and you're going to want to go because this publishing business, as Chris and I can both tell you, is crazy, and it's difficult, and it's hard. And so there's so much, so much going on. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Chris, Chris Westfall. Welcome, Chris. Jay, thank you, thank you so much for that introduction. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So, Chris, I, I, I read this book, cover to cover, and then I, I was like trying to think, how do I describe this book to my audience? All right, because I want to. And so I'm, I've, I've come up with this creative way to tell the story about what this book is like. 
So everybody who's listening to me right now in this book, this is what this book is. We've all gone to an Italian restaurant. You know that great Italian restaurant that you've been to? Right, that one where you order the chicken parm or maybe the veal piccata or the veal salt and bocca, right, with that, with that beautiful white wine lemon butter sauce, right? You know what I'm talking about? And you know how you, you're eating that delicious Italian food and you, and you get down to the bottom and there's that sauce left in the bottom of that plate, right? And you, you rip off that piece of bread, right, and, and you start taking that piece of bread and dipping into that remaining sauce. In Italy, you know what they call that? They call that scarpetta. Scarpetta means little shoes, right? Because when you have that little piece of bread dangling off the edge of your fingers, it looks like a little shoe. And you're taking that little shoe and you're dipping it into the sauce, right? And you know what that bread, that warm Italian crusty bread tastes like with that lemon sauce or that beautiful sweet and savory tomato sauce where you're tasting the garlic and the rosemary and the oregano and a little bit of basil. You know what that tastes like and tastes so good? Okay, that's this book. I am telling you, you're going to read the book. It's a meal. All right, and then when you're done reading the book, you're going to go back in and you're going to scarpetta the book. You're going to go back in and you're going to pick up little things that you're going to dip in there, okay? And you're going to lift up every ounce of this book. I am telling you that. I've never described a book this way. You listen to all the shows. I've never done that. I'm telling you, leadership language, right? Leadership language, that's the book, is, is scarpetta at the end of the meal. That's what it is. And that's this book. So I've got three things for you before we go into Chris, and that is this. I want you to think differently as a leader as we talk today, right? Because we all lead something, somebody. I don't care if you're leading your kids and you're a single parent, you're leading your kids. I don't care who you are. I want you to think. I want you to think differently as a leader. I want you to feel that you're a really great leader and that you can do, you're empowered to do things that you never thought you could do before. And then finally, what I want you to do is I want you to act like a leader. I want you to take the things that Chris and I are going to talk about today. And, and one of those things is buy this book and then buy it for some friends as well. It's available in, in bookstores and Amazon. So, Chris, there's the description of the book. So what do you think of that? Jay, I'm really hungry right now. No, thank you. That is a delicious description, and I really appreciate what you what you have to say. I mean, when I was when I was writing this book, I was looking in the direction not just of leadership, but of personal success and effectiveness. I mean, what you what you laid out in, the, in your beginning remarks was so powerful because this really is. And my my intention with this book is that it is created for actual leaders and aspirational leaders. And exactly as you've said, whether you want to be a more effective parent, a partner. Uh, whether you are seeking investors or just trying to move your career forward or maybe just trying to figure out what that first step is, this book can help you to get there because it points you on the on it points you towards a place where I believe leadership lives and that's that's inside of all of us, not just me and not just not just you, Jay, but but everyone who's listening has the capacity to lead if if you're willing to take that journey and that's what the book uh, I believe helps you to do. So thank you, thank you for the, your kind words and that introduction. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. And and I know that chapter 13, the rule is that you're not supposed to take a whole bunch of time doing introductions and stuff like that, but I couldn't resist that. I had to tell the story because it was just too good. Uh, so I want I wanted, I wanted to dive into this book a little bit. I want to dive into the beginning because there's something so powerful and yet so simple. And, you know, you make the point that the simplest message is the most powerful message. And at the very beginning of the book, one of the things 
that you do is you take us through the fact that our whole entire life, we have always created something from nothing. And meaning that you give the example, and I love this example, you give the example that when we were babies, we were crawling. And then one day, <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I don't know how you did it. I'm pretty sure that anybody who's watching or listening right now doesn't know how they did it. But somehow what happened was we ended up holding onto a chair and we pulled ourselves up and we started standing. And then from there, we figured out how to put one step in front of the other. So walk me through why it is that we've done this our whole life. Why is it so hard for us to do that as adults? Sometimes we lose that sense of innocence and our own capabilities because, I don't know, school, college, responsibilities, mortgage, I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is this, that you and I and everyone listening or watching ha had the ability to go from crawling to standing up. And, and for all of us, there were things, there was a time when we couldn't drive a car and then we could. You know, there was a time when driving was impossible and yet now look where we are. And life is a series of events and, and changes. Uh, and, and that points us towards our resourcefulness and our capabilities. And if it looks like you can't take the next step, look again. You've been doing it since you were a baby. And if you couldn't take that first step, you'd still be crawling around on the floor. There's a, there's a power and a resourcefulness inside of all of us. And that's what I'm trying to point to in that story is to say that, as Nelson Mandela said, it looks impossible until it's done. And, and in that moment, when you pull yourself up on that chair, you know what? You never go back to crawling around again. Now you might fall on your butt. I mean, just to speak frankly, but that's part of how you learn and evolve and grow. And that's true when you're learning to walk. And it's true when you're trying to accomplish your goals in business in your relationships and in your life. You know, I know that you are right, and I know that we do, we just get so involved with whatever we get involved with, and we, I think what happens is we lose, don't you think that we lose that, that exploration? You know, you know how I remember teaching uh, nursing students lifespan psychology, and I used to make them sit on the floor when we were talking about twos, because everybody talks about the terrible twos, and I said, but sit on the floor, look around you, what do you see? And then look at what you don't see while you're sitting on the floor, right? You're going to reach for things that are in your visual path. You're going to reach for the socket on the wall. You're going to try to figure out what's on top of that table and pull it down because you can't see it. How, why do we lose that power of exploration? Why do you think, is it, is it, do you think it's the same thing that we just lose that, that wonder? Does the parenting, what, I mean, what do you think? We get lost in thought. I think we get lost in thought and we don't have the perspective that you gave to your nursing students. And I don't know that we all need to sit on the floor. I mean, it's, it's a valuable exercise. Don't get me wrong. But I think that when your perspective changes, the things you look at change and the way that you look at them changes. And if the perspective is showing up that you can't take the next step, that what you want for yourself is impossible or something that you shouldn't want or you shouldn't do that. Um, if, if you find yourself scolding yourself, that's scolding rhymes with holding because it's a version of holding yourself back. And all of us today, 
as adults, we're doing the best we can with what looks to us to make the most sense in the moment. That's true for children. That's true for children crawling around on the floor. And that's true for us as adults. And the question that you have to ask yourself is, what, what is that perspective that, that you have right now? And what can you do to get the perspective that will serve you most? Because if you think about it, when you, when you shift your perspective, maybe nothing's changed, but I'm telling you, everything's different. Think of two people looking at a mountain. One person looks at the mountain and says, hey, that mountain looks like fun. I'd like to go hike that. I might like to climb to the top of that. Another person looks at it and says, man, I, I don't want to climb that mountain. I want to go sit on the couch and watch Netflix. So, so which is it? Is the, is the mountain something to climb and something fun, or is it something to be avoided and a reason to watch Netflix? The answer is neither one. It's just a mountain. But the way we think about it. The perspective that we have on a thing is what makes that thing real to us. And if you have a thought that shows up, that maybe you can grab hold of the leg of a chair and pull yourself up. Why, why don't you take that next step? What, what would happen if you trusted that little voice inside your head that says, what if? And then you, you did it. I, I, love, I love what you there's, – there's, there's, there's so many great things in this, in this book. Uh, by the way, Leadership Language, uh, amazing book by Wiley, Using Authentic Communication to Drive Results. Absolutely fabulous. Available at Amazon, by the way. Also available in Kindle version. Find it at your local bookstore. If they don't have it on the shelf, just say, I want Leadership Language. I'm telling you, it's got an ISBN number. They can get it to any place that you want to get it to. It's an, it's an awesome book. You need to absolutely be buying this book and not just be buying this book for you, but you need to be buying it for friends. I mean, listen, Christmas is coming. Right. So why not? You don't know what you're going to get for a gift. Why not give them leadership language? And you go, but yeah, but they don't own a company. Trust me when I tell you that this book is going to change them. If they'll read this book, it will change them. But they got to do that. They got to read it. OK, you can't leave it on the shelf. You've got to read the book if you want to see change. And I'm telling you because it made it's already made a difference in me. I, 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 I've added something to my show. Chris heard me do it. I'm not going to tell you, but Chris heard me do it. I've never done what I did before. <laughs> But in terms of this, the show, because it's really made an impact on me, and I've been speaking for, you know, three decades. So the fact that he's been able to impact me so so strongly, Chris, your leadership is one of those things that we that we throw around. So everybody's got a theory on leadership. Everybody's got this idea that you know this is the way leaders should be this is what leaders are some people are in the argument of leaders are born or leaders are made and it's a chicken or egg problem what is leadership i mean in your view what is it it's a perspective perspective on your goals and how you can serve others leadership is about focusing on what matters most not only to yourself but to the people that you care about. And leader is the one who is able to serve at the highest level, at the greatest level, and create impact for the greatest number of people. And that leadership points towards, at least the way that I see it, it points towards that, that authentic connection with yourself, which is part of that emotional intelligence or self-leadership that you were talking about in, in your opening remarks. But it's, it's also about seeing things in new ways for the people that you wish to influence. And what, listen, Jay, when I, when I started down this path of writing a book about leadership, 
I mean, I, I read what, what the gurus had to say, and, and I found myself feeling, feeling insecure. I mean, it, it looked to me like leadership was something, you know, it was out there. It was, I'm like, where is it? How, how can I touch it? How can I grasp it? And I, and I read about uh, military leaders and sports heroes and, and, and political heroes and heroes of business, captains of industry. And I'm like, I, don't, I, I didn't feel like I was a leader. And then I stopped and I went, wait a minute. Now, hold on. I've built and led teams on four continents. I've helped businesses to create millions, if not billions of dollars in revenue. I've coached my clients onto Shark Tank, Dragon's Den, Shark Tank Australia. I've helped launch over four dozen businesses. Why, why am I feeling so insecure? Why am I feeling like leadership is something, something out there for someone else? When I know for a fact that, it, that it's been something that I've demonstrated, and the, and the answer is that leadership is, is not something that's out there. Leadership is something that is inside, and the, and the journey of leadership language and the journey for, for the reader and for whoever is listening, if you wish to lead at a, at a higher level and create a greater impact, you have to understand that leadership is it's an inside-out process. It's not something out there. And it's, it's useful to read about you know, people who have done some amazing things and accomplished great things, and, and the book shares some, some amazing stories. But at the end of the day, innovation – is not about imitation. And the choices that others have made can be useful as guidelines. But at the end of the day, leadership is about putting, putting your hands on the wheel and deciding to, to guide your life and, to the extent you're able, the lives of others towards the results that you see and the vision that you seek. I love that. I think we, I think we fall into a trap, don't you, that we start reading all these books on leadership and – we probably do what you did. I think most of us have or, or will do is that we read about stories about these great leaders and, you know, I don't care. We'll go back to World War II. We'll read about Patton MacArthur or we'll, you know, go forward and we'll read all these great leadership books and we'll go, okay, so what can I do that they did? But, yeah. but, that, but that's not the point, right? I mean, the point's not to imitate. It's not. And, and this goes back to what you were saying before. Jay, you, you and I both know, I mean, as, as authors, we know that every book ever written always starts at the same place. It starts with a blank page. And we, we don't realize that the, the homes we live in, the clothes we wear, the roads that we drive on, at one point in time, those things didn't, there was only a blank page. And somebody, somebody somewhere had the vision to say, I have an idea. An idea that has not gone on before, an idea that might pull from what is what has happened before, and and a lot of research. But the leadership journey and and the task of the leader is discovery, is to take what's gone on before and to create something new. That is, by definition, the process of innovation and the process of creation. And the good news is that we we are all creators in our in our own way what and that's not, that's not as you were saying before that's not a religious statement that that's simply true right. that that we have the ability to create should we choose to to tap into it and if you choose to believe that way that there is a, a higher power that that helps us to to create i mean to me it seems like there's something out there that turns acorns into oak trees there's something out there that makes a baby say, I'm going to grab the leg of that chair and I'm going to stand up. There's something out there that makes the entrepreneur say, I'm going to go ask for investors and I'm going to launch this business. And, and I don't know what, I don't know what that, that thing is. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I know that it is, if that makes sense. Sure. 
And if what I'm saying is, is true, then that means that we have a capacity inside of ourselves that we often lose sight of. And it's that, that loss or that blind spot as we're looking at our plans or what we should or shouldn't be doing or what somebody told us in third grade about our capabilities or whatever. When, when that tape is playing in our minds, we're missing the moment that's right in front of us. We're missing the opportunity to create. And, and here's, the, here's the crazy thing. Creation is our natural state and creativity Creativity is the job of every leader. And I, I reference an IBM study that was done that asked over 1,500 leaders, what's the number one quality that you look for in a leader? And the number one quality that they came up with, it wasn't communication skills, it wasn't financial skills, it wasn't business acumen, it wasn't, it wasn't charisma. No, number one skill, creativity. In other words, the process of creation. And the great news is, that process, that capability, it's not reserved for somebody else. It's inside of all of us. Amen. Preach it, brother. I'm, I'm t- see, I, I, I love that. I, yeah, I mean, he drops the mic. You know, you can't see it, but he just dropped the mic uh, on me there. It's okay, though. <laughs> it's all good. We're talking with Chris Westfall. He is author of this outstanding book called Leadership Language, and it's, it's uh, published by Wiley. It's using authentic communication to drive results. And the, the book is outstanding, and he's being brought to you today by the La Jolla Writers' Conference. For the last 20 years, the La Jolla Writers' Conference has been, it's been their labor of love, of putting this thing together, of getting authors and publicists, the best of the best, to come in, volunteer their time for only 200 people who sign up to the La Jolla Writers' Conference. And this conference is going on October 26th through 28th at the Hyatt Regency in La Jolla. If you're interested, and you should be, going to La Jolla Writers Conference, just go to LaJollaWritersConference.com. La Jolla is spelled L-A-J-O-L-L-A. I know. I know you, you not Loyola. La Jolla, okay? That's where it's at. And they're sponsoring the show today. And they are great people, and we are so appreciative of them and, and for doing that and having Chris be part of that sponsorship. So we thank them as well. So check them out, LaJollaWritersConference.com. The book you, you you titled the book Leadership Language. What is is there is there something unique about the language of leadership that's different than the language? Are we are we taking that too literally, or how should we view leadership language versus any other language that we talk to other people, or do we in communication? To, to me, leadership language is the only language you need to know if you want to change your results. Now, we all, we all understand the English language. Some of us are lucky enough to understand other languages. But no matter what language you speak, the ability to share your vision and your ideas and walk the talk, in other words, convey the actions that bring your ideas to life, is, is the key to creating a leadership impact. And the thing, the way that I see it, Jay, is – you know, the stories that you tell, the way that you communicate will teach people how to treat you, how to pay you, how to follow your ideas, how to invest in your business, how to go out with you on a date. I mean, there's no aspect of life, as you touched on so well in your introduction, there is no aspect of life that is not impacted by our communication skills. And today we've got we've got more ways than ever to connect. And we're, we're tweeting and we're liking and but are we able to make the connections that matter? And when it's when it's time to get down to business, do we do you have the capacity 
to have the conversation. You know, I read a, a Harvard Business Review study that says that 69% of managers, over two-thirds of managers, are uncomfortable communicating with employees for any reason. Mm. Now, consider that. Over two-thirds of managers are uncomfortable with communicating with employees for any reason. And, of course, those numbers change when they're talking about corrective action and that kind of thing. As you can imagine, the, the confrontation, the difficult conversation. But doesn't, doesn't it make sense to have a tool that you can use to point you towards the skills that are missing and, and provide you with the confidence and the context for, for the conversation you need to have, the conversation that your employees deserve and expect? conversation that you know maybe your wife husband spouse partner boyfriend girlfriend is looking for what what would it mean if, if you knew with certainty and confidence how to share your vision what what could that do for your career for your business for your relationships the answer to that question is is why i wrote this book in a nutshell yeah, you know when you when you say it that way and you say it so beautifully and so eloquently when you say it that way the possibilities are endless, right? I mean, how much better is my marriage when I, when we're both communicating openly and honestly and authentically, truly authentically, where we shed our masks and we are literally Linda and I talking to each other in, in that way. It's beautiful, right? Even if it's, even if it's a hard conversation and there have been those hard conversations, trust me, there have been. Yeah. But but the honesty of them is so powerful when you can do it right and and it's and it's true it's true even in you know my wife is a highly successful uh, she owns her own real estate business here in Raleigh North Carolina and you know one of the things I'm most proud of her is her ability to communicate to her folks and create a culture that is open and communicative and I, I it's so powerful. I can't explain it to people. And and yet, you know, even the people that I coach, and I'm sure you do this too, is that you run into CEOs or folks that you coach or consult where you go, man, how did you even get here? Because you, you can't, you can't I'm, not sure, I'm not sure who you're communicating with, but you're not communicating with your people. And then you give that statistic that two-thirds of managers don't want to communicate for any reason whatsoever. So Why? Why don't they? Like, like anything else in this world, what is it that keeps us from doing something? And what is it that propels us towards something? It's always your thinking. It's always the way that you think about something that, that creates it, that, that makes it in your mind. And what, what you're saying really resonates with me. Of course, when we are honest and open and clear is, is when things flow naturally. And if you're thinking about the bosses that you've liked the best in your career, it's typically been the folks that have, that have inspired that, that kind of, of openness. And when you know that someone is really listening, really hearing, really understanding where you are and you have the freedom to be who you need to be, that does open up the possibilities. But when we get lost in what we should or shouldn't say, we we lose the opportunity to create the moment that that we really need as as leaders, as husbands, as wives, as as employees, as bosses. I, I in the book I, I share a story of 
a friend of mine who lives in Cape Town, South Africa, a guy by the name of Murray Wilcox. And Murray Wilcox uh, graduated with a degree in engineering from the University of Cape Town in South Africa, and he is an extreme surfer. So, Jay, get this. This guy goes looking for waves that are 15 to 25 feet high. And, and I know just from the research that I did for the book that even a wave that is 10 feet high can weigh as much as 400 tons and can easily crush a man or woman if you do it the wrong way. So Murray's out there on top of these incredibly dangerous waves. And I ask him a question because he, he really does find himself in a, in a life or death situation at the top of a wave. And I said, Murray, when you are at the top of the wave, I really want some insight into your mindset. I want to know what is it that you're, are you thinking, turn right, turn left? Or do you have like an attack plan that you load into your mind? What is that mindset that you look for? What is on your mind at the top of a wave. And you know what he said to me? He said, nothing. Hmm. And I thought about that for a second. I went, man, that's right. Hmm. When, when you are at your best and, and you are at that, that moment of truth, the only place for you to be is in the moment. There's no attack pattern Delta nine. There's no, well, I, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Right. What if the wave throws something at you that you aren't expecting? Right. And, and I'm talking about surfing, I'm talking about waves, I'm talking about a, a guy from South Africa, but I'm talking about you and me and everyone listening to this call because here's the thing, we always have the opportunity to engage in the moment. Right. And the, the mindset that I advocate, if there is a mindset that's advocated in the book, sure. is simply being in the moment. And one of the things that I say, one of the key themes from the book is that you, you are never more than one thought, one thought away from new results. And when that thought shows up, rather than the planning or the, or the pre-work or whatever it is that you might get lost in, when the thought shows up of the moment that you are in right now, that's where honesty, connection, authenticity comes through because you are really there and you're really present. And, and by the way, if you're listening and you are, you're watching this and you have a responsibility to employees, maybe you own your own business, you're responsible to customers, think about it. What, what do they want from you? They want you to be there. Be there with them and be of service and looking in that direction of service rather than looking in the direction. Well, you know, on slide 19 of this PowerPoint, it really gets good. <laughs> oh, we're talking. Do, about do, you see, do you see what I'm saying, Jay? Does I this do, make I sense? Do. I do. It makes it makes so much sense. And because, you know, we just came, we just came through in North Carolina. We we just recently had Hurricane Florence that came through and devastate, devastated a good portion of our coast coastal line and they're still recovering and there's still places that are out of business by the way there's people there's people unemployed there's people who are displaced they're living in tents some of them to mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. and you know i was i was reading the story about your friend i was thinking about as we were as the folks down the coast were going through the hurricane i was thinking you know what are you thinking when you moment i've been through hurricanes before and i could tell you that when you've been through it when you're in the middle of a hurricane you know what you're thinking about nothing there is, I can't tell you exactly what I was thinking. You are just, you're just surviving it. You're just doing what, whatever it is that you're doing. I, I don't know that there's anything that you have in your head that says, because you can't plan. It, the planning is over, right? There's no planning at that point. You're, you are taking whatever nature gives you and you are responding to it in the best way you know how. Yeah, you do enough hurricanes, you get you go through enough hurricanes, that training gets to be a little easier. 
but you, you're you're right. And and you know it, it reminds me of something else because I want to go back a little bit here because there's something else that's going on here when we talk about the managers and and why they don't talk. Fear is a killer, is it not? And it, or it can be, or can it be a motivator too? Well, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the way that I look at, at fear, and, and you know this. I mean, as someone like like you, I, I speak uh, all over all over North America, and uh, people ask me, you know, do you get do you get nervous before you speak? And and the answer is always yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, well, and and then it's yes and, <laughs> and in spite of that, I have to move forward. Here, here's the thing that shows up for me. It, it's kind of like that scene in uh, the Avengers. Where uh, I don't I don't know if you remember, but it's I think it's Infinity War, where, where all the monsters are tearing up New York City, and it's just and the Avengers are getting their butts kicked, and and they're like, you know what we need? We need the Hulk. We need the Hulk. Where's Banner? Where is he? Where is he? And and in the midst of this battle, here comes Banner, but but he's just you know mild mannered Banner. He's not he's not the Hulk. And and they look at him and they go, well, we need we need the Hulk. What are you going to do? How are you going to get angry? And he 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 kind of looks back over his shoulder as he's running into the battle, and he goes, here's a little secret. I'm always angry. And then, and then he just, you know, he hulks out. And here's, but here's the takeaway from that scene for me. Where, where we put our attention is where we find our results. Mm. And Banner is always angry. But guess where he's looking? Not at the anger. Are there nerves? Yes. But, but what, what else is there? And, and people say, well, so is there, are you saying, how can I get in that mindset? How can I get in that mindset where I avoid fear? Right. Let, me, let me stop you right there. Right. If you're trying to solve a feeling or avoid yeah. fear, th- that's a mistake. And, and I, I think I talk about this in the book. If you were to go to a, a funeral for a loved one who had passed away, right. I mean, wouldn't it be great to just shut off your feelings? Wouldn't it be great if you could do that? And, and you go, well, I, I guess so. But, you know, if you really care about that person, you, you want to feel the feels. You want to feel the feels. And in fact, if you don't, I mean, the grief process can be difficult. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but the, the point is not to not to tell a sad story about a funeral, but it, it, it shows us that the feelings that we have are not something to to be denied. Right. But just because a feeling shows up, do we do we have to engage with it? Another way to say that would be just because a train of thought shows up. Right. Do you have to ride that train? Right. right. No, I, I get it. I, I... I so get it because, you know, you talk about speaking and, and, and I've been speaking for 30 years, you know, I, I mean, teaching as a grad student when I was working on my master's and doctorate in psychology, I was teaching large classes of statistics and other psych courses. And I, I was, I w- I'm still nervous. If you bring me in front of a class, I'm still, I don't, every day I was still nervous. And, and now, you know, they speak in front of different audiences, just like you do audiences. I'm more frightened if I don't have the feeling than, yeah. than, than I am when I have it because mm-hmm. I know that, 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 that anxiousness and some people, well, that's not really fear. Oh no, you have no idea how I, I, I think I can speak for Chris here. We have to do a lot of things afraid. <laughs> I think I can speak for him here. We, we have to do things afraid and that's why, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, we get caught into, well, if you're afraid, don't do it, man. But that's where the best creativity comes. I think, I mean, don't you think sometimes some our best creative moments come from when you're, you know, in front of the audience. I know you speak so much and you're in front of an audience and you are looking at the eyes of the audience, right? You've got this, 
incredible speech prepared, Chris. And you, you've got it so prepared. You're looking in the eyes of the audience, and you know that as good as it's been for 30 other audiences, this is not working. And you've got to change it on the spot. Right? And don't you find that sometimes it's that that fearful anticipation that actually creates something that you didn't know? For me, it comes from a different place, oh, really? uh, the, at least the way that I see it, Jay. Yeah. I mean, it, one of the greatest ways to, to create fear is to ask yourself one or both of these questions. Who am I and how am I doing? Because mm. <laughs> it's like, how am I? But, but, but I'm telling you, and, and you're, you're pointing in this direction, too. Uh, when you're in front of an audience, I mean, what you were saying is you're looking into their eyes. And, and the reason you're looking into their eyes is, is so you're not trying to look in your own eyes. You're not trying to see, you know, who am I and how am I doing, which is the equivalent of playing a game while looking at the scoreboard. <laughs> right, right. The game is, I mean, if you decide that you are going to be of service, which, by the way, the leader must commit to service, to serve those on the team, in the organization, the customers, whoever they are, leadership is about service. And if you commit to be of service, that means that, you have to ask instead of who am I and how am I doing, you have to ask, how is your client doing? And in the book, I define client very specifically. A client isn't just someone that maybe comes into your, your office for a coaching or therapy session. A client isn't someone that you sell something to. No, the client is the person upon whom your success depends. So that means that your investor is your client. That means that the members of your team are your client. I have people that say to me, does that mean my wife is my client? I say, I sure hope so. Because these are the folks who, who are contributing to your success. And that means that, that they, they are working with you and you are working on their behalf to be of service. So focus on, on the most important question of all, and that is how is your client doing? And the only way that I can get up and I can, I can do presentations like what I do, and in fact have this interview with you, Jay, is, is that I, I realize that whatever's going on with me is not nearly as important or as significant as what we might discover together in the course of this conversation. And that's the conversation that matters much more than whatever that voice inside my head is, is saying to me, which quite frankly right now is nothing because where's my attention? It's on you, Jay. It's on your audience. It's on creating value and, and trying to bring the book to life in some small way to make the transformation that I know people are capable of. That's, that's, that's so much more important than, than my fears, my insecurities, and even like, like Banner, even my anger. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's going on with my client is what's most important of all. We're talking with Chris Westfall, and he wrote this amazing, outstanding, incredible Scarpetta. You're going to have to listen to the beginning of the show if you want to know what I mean by Scarpetta book. It's called Leadership Language. It's uh, published by Wiley. It's it's a brand new book. By the way, you can get it on Kindle version. You can also find it at your favorite bookstore. You can find it, of course, on Amazon. And you can go to westfallonline.com and you can even order it directly through there as well. And it's a it's a great read. It's it's matter of fact, it's I I had written your publicist and I had said I read about a book a week because of the show and I have some you know amazing authors like yourself who have graciously allowed me to interview them on the show and I said of all the leadership books that I have read I said I would put this one at the top oh, thank, thank you my friend that means a lot coming from you I appreciate that I would put this one at the top because 
I uh, read a lot. And one of the things you talk about in terms of leadership, and, and we're having this conversation about who your client is, and I love I love that portion of the book because one of the ways you revealed that is, and I'm going to do this, by the way, at the next the next little meeting, I've got one coming up here in December with a small business group, and I'm going to leave an empty chair because one of the things you talk about is who is that person in the empty chair. Talk to uh, Tom Thomas, who's joining us, by the way. Uh, I know he is a project manager, and he's also kind of he's at that C-level, suite level, who's joining us live, um, listening to the show. Uh, help Thomas and myself and the listeners understand what you mean. What's the empty chair scenario in terms of clients? Gotcha. Well, for for Thomas and for anyone who's listening, the empty chair is it's a metaphorical seat at the table for someone who's not in the room, but who will be directly and personally impacted by any change that you propose. The leadership conversation by nature is about change in, in some form or fashion, right? The, the persuasive conversation creates a change, and hopefully that change is progress. And whatever change you propose, there are people who are not in the room who are going to be directly and dramatically impacted by it. For example, consider the third grade student in McAllen, Texas, who's going to read that history book next year in, in her classroom. She's not in the room when the teachers and school administrators are making the decision on which textbook to use. And yet, that's the way that she's going to come to understand world history and, and many aspects of the world around her. So she's not in the room. She's not able to advocate for herself. So, so for Thomas, I, I don't know what sort of projects you manage, but consider the empty chair. What is the impact? Who are the people who are going to be most impacted by a successful project? And who's going to be impacted if the project fails? Because it, it may be you're responsible to your boss or to your client for the success of the project. But the empty chair asks this question. Who is your client's client? Because your client's client sits in the empty chair. That's beautiful. See, I, I love that. When I read that and I started thinking about the client's client, right? I mean, you, you know, you think about whoever you're serving in, in, in whoever, and here's that empty chair. And you think that you're talking to the person in the empty chair, but really that client that you think you're talking directly to really is serving someone else. And whatever you do affects that someone else. Correct. And it, it takes recognition to the next level because it's one thing to say, I see you, I see your puts and takes, I see what you, you, you know, what your expectations are for this project. But, but you're looking in the exact same direction because this, this idea of the empty chair, it, it leverages a principle of, of science, of psychology that we all know and understand. And that, that principle is this. We are all of us right now thinking about the exact same thing, and that is we are thinking about ourselves. And, and that's not to say that, that I'm selfish or you're selfish. I'm saying we're wired to work in our own self-interest. That is how – that's our survival instinct, our limbic brain. You understand what I'm saying. Sure. Sure. But, but isn't it true that – I mean I know it's true for me. I have people who are here with me, but they're not literally here with me. I'm talking about my family. I'm talking about vendors, clients, people that support me, my publicity people. I mean all the folks that are a part of what, what makes this thing go, called, this thing called life. And, and I know that's true for me. And, and if you're listening to the sound of my voice, and you're going, yeah, that's kind of true for me, too. Well, if it's true for you and it's true for me, then that means it's it's true for the clients that you serve. It's true for whoever 
has the ultimate responsibility for the success of that project that Thomas is working on. If it's true for all of us, how can you leverage that understanding to create a deeper and more impactful conversation? Start with what your, your client is thinking. Start where they are and consider the people and objectives that are top of mind for them. Otherwise, I, I should have written a book about how to, you know, how to kick the door down and force your will on others. That, 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 nobody read that book because it doesn't work. That's not how it works. Start with what your listener is thinking. Start where they are and you are already ahead of the conversation because when you look in their direction, you can, you can start there to help them to see your vision and, and what it is that you propose that can create the progress that's missing. Mm, that's beautiful. And, and, you know, I think, I think we kind of misinterpret this. Like, you know, if you're not a C-suite person, right? Mm. I think we think, oh, well, I'm not really, I, I don't have that empty chair. And, and I, I, I have a different perspective. Tell me if you agree with this or not. Cause, okay. and it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable being disagreed with, by the way. And it's really is. Um, but I think of an employee, and I, I've asked employees a number of times, who is your number one client? And they will point to this person or this person. And I said, have you ever thought that the person who signed your check is your number one client? Hmm. I mean, like, in my marriage, my number one client is my wife. And if I apply your principles to both of those, whether it's my marriage or whether... I am an employee for somebody and I think of them as that empty chair because they signed my check and I have a responsibility to serve them mm -hmm. at the highest level. And I have to start thinking in terms of, well, what is my CEO worried about? What is my, what is the person who signs my check worried about? Well, I think that's, I think that's another, I think you're saying that same thing because I think it still applies. Does it not or did I miss it? It's absolutely right. And Jay, I'm sorry to disappoint you by agreeing with you. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't help it. I'm an agreeable guy. But no, you're absolutely looking in the right direction. And it's who who are the people who and, and even who are the what are the objectives that are top of mind for the people that you care about? And if you want to have a greater impact for your boss, for your CEO, for your organization, look in the direction that they're looking and that and start there. Now, that may not be where you end up. But if you can't find common ground, right. how are you going to create uncommon results? Mm. Oh, did you did you write that somewhere? I hope you wrote that down somewhere. I'm gonna, I'm, I've got my pen. Did you, did you write that down? Because that's genius. <laughs> that is totally genius. I think it's in the book. I think it's in the book. <laughs> that's totally genius. I love. I love that. I. I, I because I think. What happens so frequently is we, we, we keep trying to recycle the same things over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we all want to be uncommon, and we want to produce uncommon results. We can't, we can't do that. What Einstein is famous for saying, you know, if you're trying to do the same thing, expecting a different result, it's, it's insanity. And, and I think sometimes even in leadership and even as we work, I think we're thinking that we, we can do something a little bit better, but it's the same thing everybody else is doing, and we're not producing an uncommon result. And I think sure. that's critical. And it, what it, we want, I think it's what we want inside of us, isn't it? Not only is it what we want inside of us, but it's what we all have inside of us. Mm. And what... <laughs> 
the, the realization that, that I came to in writing this book is that it's not about giving people six more steps or nine tactics to worry about or laws that they need to memorize. It's, it's actually about taking things away that points us towards our nature, our nature to create. And it's when, <laughs> when our thinking dies down. When our thinking dies down and when we get quiet, like what you were talking about in the middle of a hurricane at the top of a wave, that's that's when we are at our best. And this book is designed to look beyond, you know, meditation and mindfulness to simply create an understanding of the way that thought works. And, and the way it works is this. We're going to have thinking. <laughs> it's going to show up. You're going to think you're not good enough. You're going to think you're not you're not capable. And and you know what I say to that? One word. Next. Mm. Because, because look, we, we got hundreds of thoughts showing up, every, sometimes every minute. Um, if you've got ADD, you might want to up that number a little bit. I don't know. Um, squirrel. Anyway, uh, but you know what I'm saying. We, we, have, we have hundreds of thoughts that, that show up, and, and a new one is, is on its way. And whatever it is that you are seeking, the new results that you are looking for, they are never, never more than one thought away. It's just a matter of identifying that thought and engaging with it instead of engaging with the thought of what, you know, your mom told you about your capabilities, your intelligence, your whatever. The, the problem with the past is that it's fixed. You can't change it. And if you're trying to drive by looking through your rearview mirror, you make some mistakes to say the least. We've got to have the courage to look in the direction that, that serves us. To look in the direction of leadership and to look in the direction of the kind of communication that serves you. And that communication is never about who am I and how am I doing and, and what happened to me in third grade and how am I bringing that, that story to life. Um, this book is not about cognitive therapy. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's about realizing new results. And no matter what it is that you've gone through in the past, no matter what you've been through, and believe me, I've, I've been thrown up against the fence by life on more than one occasion, but no matter what life has shared with you, new results are never more than one thought away, and new results are never more than one conversation away. And having the ability to have your thinking settle down so that when those thoughts show up, you recognize them, and you can have the conversations that are going to make a difference, that's what leadership language can show you how to do. Wow. We're talking with Chris Westfall, author of this book, Leadership Language. For all those new folks who are joining us here on Facebook Live and those listening to us podcast uh, later, the, it's called Leadership Language. It, it does not get any simpler than that. Trust me. I Googled up Amazon Leadership Language, and it came right up. Okay? That's how simple it is. Okay, there's a subtitle. It says Using Authentic Communication to Drive Results. I get it. But if you type in Amazon Leadership Language... Chris Westfall's book comes up. By the way, you can find him at westfallonline.com. That's Westfall, just like it sounds, westfallonline.com. That's his website. We're talking about his book, and we're talking about leadership and the language of leadership, and we're talking about what it takes to make uncommon results, how we view people, how we connect with people. We've gone through the empty chair. I've got all these people who are just like going, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Great stuff. And so thank you, everybody who's, who's, who's listening and watching. This, this is life-changing. This is a life-changing book. I'm just telling you, I, 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 can't, I, keep, I keep saying this is a delicious book because it's so tasty. And 
it's not this is not a book that's going to have a whole bunch of cliches right first of all chris is anti-cliche okay you need to understand this is not a cliche book you're not going to walk in this book yes you're going to listen my book's highlighted like crazy there's probably more yellow than there is white because i've highlighted the book like crazy but it's not a cliche book because cliches chris let's talk about that let's talk about you know before we close off here let's talk about why cliches there's so many cliches about leadership, but why do why this book's not a cliche book? Why didn't you write a cliche book? Because it's not useful, and and that book's been written and 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 it didn't it, and I read it and it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, are you are you telling me that in the middle of a heated conversation with your chief financial officer or with your spouse or partner? that you're going to sit there and go, well, you know, I'm experiencing fear right now. And that's just false evidence appearing real. Look, I'm, I'm not trying to diminish that little quote there, but you and I both know that life is not scripted. Life is not a series of cliches. Sure. It's useful to look at at quotes. It looks and look in the direction that, that of what others have seen that can be useful. But when, when the rubber meets the road, and by the way, leadership is where the rubber meets the road. It's, it's not about popping in the right cliche at the right moment. It's about being your authentic self and connecting with that moment and with the person you wish to influence, the person that can help you, the person that is your client or persons, as the case may be, and connecting with them in a new way. And you, you talked about that, Jay, that, that authenticity, that honesty that, that we all crave, that we all look for, but we so rarely have the courage to provide because we're lost in our thinking, we're lost in our fears, we're trying to think of the right cliche or the quote from Stephen Covey or that thing that we learned our junior year in college or whatever it is, and we're looking in the rearview mirror trying to find it. Meanwhile, we just crashed. Right, because it doesn't mean anything at the end of the it, day. It doesn't. I mean, look, quotes and and ideas and stories are useful to point us in a direction, and the book is is there are a number of stories, but those stories point you towards your own resourcefulness rather than say imitate me. Or imitate someone else. It's it's about how we each have the capacity to lead, to 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 lead ourselves to new results and to lead others. And whether you're an actual or aspirational leader, the the name of the game is to create, to be of service, and to connect. And to the best of my ability, that's that's what this book will will show you show you how to do. You know, you know, I always ask my guests at the end of the show, I said, if you can leave us with something that you feel would be, you, you, well, let me put it this way. In your book, you say, what else? Yeah. What you, you do, you say, what else? And we've got just a couple minutes. If there was, if you, if I were to ask you, what else should you say to help people find a new direction? What's the what else? If there's something in your life that's missing right now, you got to ask yourself what you're doing to keep it out. And the, and the what else for me is to just take a look at where you're putting your attention. Are you, are you focused on the fact that you're always angry? Are you getting ready to hulk out? <laughs> or are you able to, to look in a different direction? When, when thoughts show up, the thing we have to remember, it's really simple. It's just this. A thought is just a thought. There's another one on the way. 
And it's easy to get lost in thought. I do too. But when we see that our thinking can't hurt us, that it's the way that we look at a thing that makes that thing. It's the way we look at the mountain. It's the way we look at the guy that just cut us off in traffic. I mean, sometimes somebody cuts me off in traffic and I'm mad. Sometimes people cut me off in traffic and I go, well, they must be in a hurry. Why is that? You know, Shakespeare said it. There's nothing either good nor bad in this world, but our thinking makes it so. Don't try to change your thinking. Don't try to get into that winner's mindset. Just simply accept that thinking happens and accept that you're, you're going to be living in the feeling of your thinking. And what would happen for you if there was nothing wrong with that? That's my something else. The book is called Leadership Language. Using Authentic Communication to Drive Results. It's by Wiley Publishing. It is available in every bookstore everywhere. And I know I've got Canadian listeners. And I know that my listeners, I've got the number two listen to state in, 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 that I listen to is California. And here I am in North Carolina. So folks in California, I'm telling you, there's a bookstore almost on every corner. Buy the book. It's called Leadership Language. Chris Westfall, I want to thank you for helping us all find a new direction in our language of leadership. I want to thank you for uh, giving, being so gracious with your time. And I, I say to every single guest, you don't, it's really hard for you to imagine that this started from nothing and it has grown into something so incredible. And it's guests like you that help me immensely. And Hopefully, I am giving back in return. That's my goal is to give back to you folks who make the show and give back to all these people that are listening. I, I can't even tell you the numbers of people, but all these people listening and watching, and it's amazing. And people are cheering for you and clapping for you, and they're saying how much they agree with you because what I know is is that you've provided them a new direction. And so I want to say thank you. And so, folks, as, as, as I wrap up the show, I just want to just say, look, you've, you've listened to Chris Westfall. You know his book. It's called Leadership Language. It's delicious. It's the Italian restaurant. It's dipping that piece of bread at the end. Dip it in. I'm telling you, it's that good. I, I read a lot of books. You know I do. It's that good of a book. I'm telling you it is. So pick up the book, Leadership Language, it, and then read it. And then, and then when you read it, don't just sit there and go, huh, that was interesting. Do something with it. Go out there and don't just do something with it. And you know me, it's inspire someone else with the ideas that you learn from this. Because the whole way of creating a new direction in this world, which is my goal, is that if you're inspired, you can inspire someone else. And so do that today. Don't wait. Don't wait another second. Because you can do it with a smile, you can do it with your attitude, and those are things that you have control over and that you can choose. You can do it with your words. You can do it even with your words, as Chris told us today. And by the way, you can find Chris at westfallonline.com, westfallonline.com. So make sure that you check him out. It will all be on the website at the jizzo.com website. You'll be able to connect up with Chris. I will have all his information there. I will have the book and the, the links to get to the book directly. I will have everything right there at thejizzo.com. By the way, this will be episode, you're listening to episode number 17. 
So if you're listening to episode 17, you can listen to this over and over and over again because I'm telling you, you're going to want to. You're going to want to dip in. So everybody, I'm just going to say this as I say goodbye to Facebook Live and everybody who's been listening all over this great world of ours and this great country that I get to live in. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you soon. When you lost your confidence And the answers don't make sense Got to keep your hope alive You got to know you can survive This is your time to find A new direction, a brand new day A new direction, things are gonna change You can find the strength to go a different way Dreams will take you places you have never been before. Find your passion, find your strength. Don't worry anymore. A new direction. A new direction.